Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Look, it's not your team. It's you. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of It's Not Your Team. It's you here on the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, I am your host, Tyler Coe. And I'm your host, Haley Graves. And uh, it was a bit of an interesting weekend there, wasn't it, Haley? Uh, Not a lot going on. Just number one following. We might have a new president, might not. I have no idea. Half the SEC West isn't playing football because of COVID. And we just have so much to get to on the show today. Yeah. Um, But we're excited to have you guys join us each and every week. Uh, Remember to hit us up. Uh, on our uh, socials and on our email at nytpod at gmail.com or shoot us a text message at 404-919-2137. And, of course, the show is brought to you by betonline.ag. Uh, from game spreads and totals to team and player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino guys open 24-7. Uh, so head on over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Uh, so if you were one of those people that happened to bet on Notre Dame taking down Clemson and ending their 39-game winning streak, well, hell, uh, you made some money this weekend. Um, I did not do that. I, I have not bet on that yet. I haven't. Yeah. Been, it's been I, tough I, to bet on anybody this year. Facts. And I will say, looking ahead to this coming weekend, the slate of games isn't super great. So, you know, think before you play Put your money on some things for this weekend. Yeah, like if you're looking at Penn State in Nebraska, <laughs> what are we? Uh, if you're one of those people, like you got a, like a loan that's coming off, like right. you're betting on that game. I don't know who you pick, um, but this has been a crazy last weekend of college football. It's a crazy week for everybody. Um, uh, we did our show earlier last week because of the election to give you guys a little bit of levity while you're waiting in line to go vote, no matter how you yep. voted, uh, and just to bring you some good college football entertainment. And this past weekend was probably, Haley, one of the better weekends we had. We learned a ton about where college football is going, not only in terms of the playoffs, but in terms of actual football because COVID is out of control. It absolutely is out of control. I would almost say that for the first time um, all season long that the chaos didn't come from on the field play, it came from off. Yes, it did. And we're going to get into all of that uh, because Pac-12, who started play last week, they got off to a really rough start. Uh, We had some more shocking games and moments from the Big Ten. Uh, Florida is the new king of the SEC East, which is amazing. Uh, On the west side of things, COVID is the new king, unfortunately. But obviously, Haley, we start with probably the most memorable Saturday that I can remember in a long time. Clemson, Notre Dame. One versus four, huge game in the ACC. Clemson falls in double overtime while the election is getting called. (laughs) Dave's coming up on NBC. We're all freaking out about what's going on. We're cutting to Joe Biden. We're coming back to the game. It was absolutely bonkers. It was. It definitely was. And, you know, I guess – I guess for all of you listening and that listen week to week, you are laughing at me and pointing at me and making me eat my words on my prediction that Clemson would have a cakewalk in this one. I will admit when I'm wrong, but I was not entirely wrong because my facts were solid last week. Notre Dame just finally decided to show up and play to the potential that we've been waiting for. They played the best game that they've ever played under Brian Kelly. Like, it was unbelievable. They put everything together. Now, they didn't play a perfect game, um, and there's a lot of ways this one could have gone. You know, Clemson, you thought, kind of had this one wrapped up. It was 33-26 to with about two minutes left. Clemson had the football. 
some awful play calling um, and absence the whole game by Travis Etienne, which we'll get into, yeah. which was a really big head scratcher. Um, hey, Notre Dame did it. When you're when the game's on the line, you get those moments, you get those opportunities. Notre Dame answered. Ian Book finally put it together, and I, right. I mean, they somehow took down. Clint. We have a, we have a star in Baby Gronk. My goodness, <laughs> and we have some villains too. Yeah. Um, I think first off, without even like without a doubt, no matter if you had a dog in the fight and we didn't, that that in a serious note, uh, while bashing them, that ref crew should not call another football game this year. Facts. That was that was some of the worst I've ever seen. The the yeah. defensive pass interference call that they picked up, that yeah. Dabo screamed at them to pick up. Whoever that ref was should be fired. Yes. That was pass interference. I don't care that a coach is screaming at you. It's a massive yeah. game. You, you can't do that. We're right. reviewing things. Like, we're, we're again, reviewing reviews. Uh, <laughs> yeah. What are we doing here, guys? Right. This right. isn't week one. This isn't week two. We're, we're, like, past – we're almost to the end of this. Right. I can't believe that. Right. Yeah. It Overall, it was just such, such an insightful game almost because I feel like we really now – unfortunately for Notre Dame, um, we've seen their ceiling. You know, this was the best that they could play, and this was the best football they've put on the field. So now, you know, teams will be able to look at this tape and fill in the gaps because, to me, this was this was their ceiling. Whereas on the flip side with Clemson, we know they have so much more to offer. However, I will mention the fact that while you briefly said Travis Etienne was almost a non-factor in this game – on the reverse side of the ball, Clemson is starting to really be exposed in stopping the run against very talented running backs. We saw that this week especially, but not even just that. You know, even looking back to last year's national championship game, what Clyde Edwards-Hilaire did at that you know level and magnitude of a game. So it's really interesting to me to start seeing the flaw in that Clemson defense, especially when they've had such a dominant um, trench game, especially on the D-line. I completely agree. And here's the thing is that um, we've talked about this before. I don't know if I'd call it necessarily a flaw. It is when it's, it's a flaw with the 2D because the depth right. isn't there for Clemson to stop it. But I think right. people were really underestimating how big a loss James Skalski, a middle linebacker for yeah. that defense was. Which it's you brought up. massive. Yep. He, and it was the same way in LSU in the title game. The moment he went out for that targeting call, yep. that defense was done. And you missed yep. Tyler Davis on that defensive line as well. If you watch Notre Dame, those linebackers, Specter and Venables, Brent's son, as good as they are, they're, they're serviceable at best. And yes. Ian Book was able to fool them the entire game. Now, Ian yep. didn't run it all over the field, but he got those first downs with his legs, those, yep. big, those big run plays when he needed to. That absolutely. was massive. So when you look at Clemson, this is such an interesting thing because I think you're absolutely right about Notre Dame's ceiling. I think yep. Notre Dame fans would wish that this game was in the playoffs. Yes. Because I don't think – I don't know if you're going to get them again. Let's say Clemson is full strength, and I think more full strength on the defensive side of the ball because, to be yes. honest – DJ it, played fine. He played – He played great, if he, anything. He, like, he threw the most yards against Notre Dame in the history of uh, their – well, not the rivalry, but then in that series. Notre Dame has never given up that many yards through the air. That's a true and freshman didn't he, And I want to say he also surpassed Trevor Lawrence's most total yards in a game as well. So, I mean, it wasn't really him. I thought it was uh, – I think Travis – we saw Travis uh, lay an egg. I don't know what was yeah. going on. I mean, he had 28 yards on – or on like uh, 18 carries, I believe. Right. He was a non-factor fumbling the ball again. Like, I, I don't understand, like, 
if one it's, guy you thought wasn't going to shrink, it wasn't going to be him. And, you know, and I, I feel like I've been saying this for a couple of weeks now, just kind of, you know, where has he been? He's shown up a couple times in the past game, but his numbers on doing what he's truly best at, which is running the rock, he has not been putting up solid numbers at all. And I mean, he's getting anywhere between 15 plus carries a game and he hasn't even broke a hundred yards in weeks. Which is, it's troubling. It's weird. I mean, he's right. offensively through the air, he's doing fine. Yes. You need, in a game like this, you need to be able to run the football. You need you. that balance. And especially yeah. the fact that the run game just eats up clock. And that's what Clemson was unable to do in this game. Exactly. Because in that last series, when they have, a, yep. you're thinking, all right, Clemson's got to get away with one. They, they have the ball. Yeah, Notre Dame has their yep. timeouts, but two minutes left. Haley, exactly to that point, they could not run the football. Yep. And it ends up being a third and fourth. And they, yep, the they literally, it was that drive. Yeah, it they was. They laid an egg and gave the ball back to a team that had all of the motivation to win this thing and all of the confidence and all the momentum. And it was, I mean, it was an amazing game. It was probably the game yeah. of the year thus far. And you, you have to Absolutely. give credit to Notre Dame of hanging in there and doing what they did. Um, okay. But just look, and I think from the voters' perspective, this is interesting. I think what I think right now is that both Clemson and Notre Dame are going to make it to the playoffs. I think which is, they, which, which is, which what is something said. you called. You called yeah. at the beginning of the year saying that you believe that two ACC teams were going to get into the playoffs. Right. right. It makes me sad for my Aggies um, in that long shot there. But, you know, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen because Notre Dame still has some trickery on their schedule in Boston College and UNC. It could be a situation that UNC finally decides to show up and play their best game of football against a Notre Dame team. There's just so many different variables here. We also don't know, you know, on Trevor Lawrence, on his body, how he's going to be able to recover and bounce back after not playing for two weeks and finish out the season. So I still, if anything, think that there's a lot of skepticism in the ACC right now, um, even more so to me than what's been going on with the SEC. It's, uh, yeah, my gosh, that's, it's, that's a whole nother issue. But I think you're right. It's going to be, you know, we thought it was kind of shut and closed. Clemson's going to roll with this thing. Yep. And yes, I think, I think anybody that's watching that game, seeing the, what DJ did, Clemson at full strength beats Notre Dame. Yes. They, they do. I think a lot of people look to Trevor in that last series in double overtime where DJ got sacked, like, what was it, two, three times in a row? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that happens to Trevor, right? Like Trevor right. sees that, checks out, hot routes that. Yeah. Um, but it he doesn't throws matter. the ball away. Like does yeah, yeah. Like, DJ, does, like yeah. you just you saw the immaturity and lack of the the big moment come finally seep through. As you know, as, like as good as he is. Um, yeah. By the way, his arm should be illegal. <laughs> I have not seen a prettier football. I could watch him throw the football all day long. Like right. it's he throws so hard. It's so yeah. beautiful. Anyways. I'll write a sonnet about that later on tonight. Um, but it's interesting to see how that's going to work out for the rest of the year. Like you said, mm -hmm. can Trevor get healthy again? Um, are they going to get those defensive starters back anytime soon? Um, yeah. Because there could be a major letdown. You've said it before, Haley, don't let one loss turn into two. Yep. What, what does Clemson do the rest of the season? And, that, and, uh, and, like, and honestly, I truthfully don't want to see that Clemson team show up in the college football playoff. The performance that they played – you know, yes, was an, an amazing game, but going against an Alabama, you know, potentially going against Notre Dame again for the third time likely this season, like I just, I, I don't want to see that Clemson team. I just don't. Well, uh, nobody in the playoffs does either because if Clemson right. makes it to the playoffs at the four spot, nobody wants that smoke. 
Because yeah, that means that exactly. they rebounded, they figured it out. And it yeah. really, it has nothing to do with the offense. I mean, yes, Travis has yeah. got to figure it out, but I think he will. What do you do with that defense? What do you do? That's, with that's what I'm saying. Like, it's, it's mostly, it's, yeah, that's it's, what it's on. Yeah, it's that defense that I just don't want to watch in a college football playoff. Give me a team that's incredibly, incredibly balanced so we can see, you know, the juggernauts of this season go head to head. And what Clemson did, especially on the defensive side of the ball, like, it just wasn't good enough. They have a lot to clean up. Uh, yeah. And speaking of juggernauts, though, uh, moving to the Big Ten, Justin Fields <laughs> is really good at football. So yeah. He's completing 86.7% of his passes. That's okay. only missed 11 throws through three games. And he's throwing touchdowns and no interceptions. He's really good at football. Talk about a team who is incredibly motivated. I mean, they're taking it seriously. Like, uh, Ohio State is just rolling. I mean, uh, when we talk about the defensive side of things, they still have a lot of work to do, some things to clean up. Rutgers is kind of going for broke right out of the gate, which I really appreciate them doing. <laughs> they keep doing trickeration yeah. all over the field. That's cool. Um, but if that Ohio State defense, their run defense as well, if they can kind of shore that up, get more solid towards the end of the season, that's going to be a team in the playoffs that they are looking now look like, like a title contender. Because I, didn't, I did not see enough from Notre Dame to be like, that is the second best team in the country. I completely agree. And people are out here trying to claim that they're the best. They're the second best. I do I, not yeah. think so. Like we saw the best that they're going to put on the field and they barely etched out a JV Clemson. They did. I, yeah. Cause on the flip side, it's like, yes, Notre Dame fans, you can be excited. You can be right. happy with that win, but let's not forget you gave up almost 450 yards to a freshman, yeah. to a freshman. I'm not and, talking and about Justin team- Fields. I'm not talking about Mac Jones. I'm talking about a freshman. And a team that virtually did not have their best offensive weapon best show de- up. Best offensive yeah. and best defensive weapon, not right. on the field. Uh, that's right. massive. Uh, but right. not to take away from it, it's still like they had Yeah, to have it. your moment, have your moment, have some fun for a couple of weeks. Like I said to people that wanted to call me out on Twitter, we'll, we'll see who's talking at the end of the season. Yeah, because, um, I mean, you, you might have punched your ticket, but you still, like you said, you have a lot of work to do. But, I mean, yeah. that's when but you're going to get it. Right. But like speaking of how you said, you know, Ohio State needs to sure up the especially their run defense this weekend is going to get interesting when they host Maryland, who has been putting up some nice numbers and they're getting it done through the air. But also their ground game is has been looking great these past two weeks. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty I'm, I'm shocked, but not shocked because it's baby Tua. Uh, uh, yes. to, how, do you, how do you say his name again? To, to Lulia? I to think Lulia? it's to. To Aaliyah, maybe? To, a- to Aaliyah, that sounds right, yeah. yes. Um, I got DJ Uyanga Lule. I've been practicing <laughs> that. I can get that pretty I, good now. I'm not going to lie. I was definitely practicing throughout the entire game. Every time the announcer would say it, I would repeat it. And I Yes, I did the same thing. Yes. I've come to the conclusion that if you hear it, you can say it a lot easier than if you read it on a piece of paper because reading it is where your mind just really decides to mess up. It was, yeah, it was kind of like the same thing with Tua, like it's Tonga Viola, Tonga Viola, yes. Tonga Viola, like just so, yeah, yes. you got to repeat But That's it's not funny. spelt like that. No, God, no. <laughs> uh, but his, his baby bro was dicing yep. and put, this is a really, this is more kind of like the off-season talk getting more fired up yeah. because now when we're looking at the, the landscape of like blue blood programs that are still in yeah. the gutter, when we take a look around the Big Ten, they got a few. So Maryland takes it to Penn State. Now Penn State is yep. 0-3 for the first time since 2001. Oh that yeah. Just... I went I want everyone to know I tweeted this out during the game because I literally went back 
every single year and looked up their record and their win-loss season to figure out the last time they were 0-3 because I knew it had been in a minute. And so, yeah, got all the way to 2001. They actually started that season 0-4, I believe. 0-4. It's been yeah. 19 years. And I believe yeah. that that season they finished 5-6. and six. And obviously with the condensed season, Penn State yep. might not make it out of this with a win. I don't know if anybody saw that coming. Um, but obviously I, there's, there's a different structure in the big 10 as far as power, because we look now yeah. at Penn state at zero and three, we yeah. look at, and I don't want to be too mean because I feel like I've been mean the past <laughs> couple weeks, but Just say it. Michigan is, is yeah. they are who we thought they were. Like yep. we talked about it. This wasn't yep. going to work guys. I am sorry, but I'm not sorry. It's been yeah. more of the same. Michigan has. Uh, you, just, then, you don't you just don't know what you're going to get. You don't know which Michigan team is going to show up, which is why this weekend their game against Wisconsin is going to be really spicy. And watch, it's going to be one of those games that Michigan decides to show up for and they take down a Wisconsin team that hasn't played in two weeks because yep. not even just that, but like Michigan fans over the weekend, like your quarterback played a pretty solid game. Yes, you know, he had his flaws of throwing his two interceptions, but it – on paper, it looked better than the loss in the final score showed. Well, we'll dig into the stats, and that's where you yeah. really see how bad right. of a Michigan football team this is. They've been giving up almost 411 yards per opponent. Their defense, the, which is what we said was going to be skeptical. Absolutely terrible. Right. They can't get a pass rush going on. Uh, right. No turnovers. Their offensive line cannot run block. When everybody looks at, at Joe Milton throwing the ball around. Oh, it's bad. That's that's great. But again, we've talked about this and you've talked about it with my boy, Sammy Ellinger. When you yep. see your quarterback, and we'll get to Keaton Slovis later with USC, yep. throw it over 50 times. That's not a good thing, folks. So when yep. you see Joe Milton doing that, and then you look and like, hmm, well, how's Michigan doing on the running side of things? Oh, here we go. Horrible. They ran the ball 18 times for 13, 13 yards. yards. That's not good, folks. I don't know the math seven. on that. <laughs> oh, I'll tell you, 0. 0.7 point yards se- I thought it was going to be negative. So, like, wow, yeah. 0. 0.7, congratulations. That's the problem with this Michigan right. team. And for an offensive-minded guy and Harbaugh, the quarterback whisperer, this is the time is up. It's done. Like, this and when you have you have two, you have two great running backs in your backfield. Yeah, it's that not are, for a lack that of are not producing anything. There. Right. It, it's scheme on both sides. Yeah. And Haley, you love to talk about this more than right. anybody else. Where do you win championships? In the trenches. And can they can they rush the quarterback at Michigan? Nope. Nope. Can they run the football at Michigan? Nope. <laughs> Get a new coach that can. And I'm sorry, yep. like you don't want to be calling for somebody's job, but like this, everybody got excited over that gopher's victory. Yeah. Just look at this team. It's not going in the right well, direction. Well, and all. I think, you know, I think again, like to your point, it has to, like, there's no other answer other than coming down to coaching and preparation for your opponents because you look at that win over Minnesota and you see that there is talent there and space to breathe and develop that talent. But then just week in and week out, you're falling short because you're being out coached. You are. And I think it, there's this conversation, I see it on Twitter, which obviously is a vacuum, but I, and I see it with analysts as well, right. of like, why are these big programs struggling? And I think it really does come down to coaching. And people like to think that coaching doesn't yeah. matter. Well, then tell me why Northwestern is 3-0. and Tell me right. why Indiana is doing so well. What is the excuse of Michigan? What is the excuse of Penn State? What is the excuse of Texas? There is right. none. There is right. none. It comes down to coaching. It is not for a lack of talent. It's a right. lack of development, scheming, and doing your job to prepare your kids. And when you look at Indiana, your Indiana team, that, that team and the Phoenix, man, they're crushing it right now. 
They're unbelievable. They are. They are. I mean, you know, this weekend coming up, they have Michigan State, which I don't think they can overlook because Michigan State's another one of those teams that you don't know which team's going to show up on Saturday. And, you know, like... (laughs) Is it the one that beat Michigan or is it the one that (laughs) almost lost to Iowa by 50 points? Right, exactly. Like, you genuinely don't know which Michigan State team you're going to get. And especially in a rivalry like this, I would say that Indiana, you would hope, has a little bit of an edge because going back to 1995, Indiana's only won this rivalry three times. In 2000, yeah, yeah, like 2001, 06, and then most recently they won it back in 2016, just four years ago. So I would hope that Indiana, you know, is excited and in a headspace of, hey, we got something rolling here. Let's take care of business this week and not look ahead to Ohio State coming to town next Saturday. That's true. Can this team do that? We've seen some teams, and and there's teams like that every year, right? Like they're living above their expectations. They've never been there before. How do they manage that? This Indiana team, though, like you said, they're so well coached. And you watch this game. The thing that I was most impressed about was their defense. they got guys that are just fundamentally sound, that form tackle and open space. Their corners are awesome. Um, This is a team that's going to do some damage and give Ohio State a run for the money if they can get to that point undefeated. Right. And especially like you, because you look at the box score of this game and you're like, like, what is Indiana doing? Or do they have like some secret recipe that is just giving them these wins? And it's just, no, they're playing fundamentally sound, solid football. They're not doing anything exceptional. They're not putting up, you know, crazy numbers on either side of the ball, but just they're playing really, really well as a collective. And that's what's helping them get all of these wins. And that speaks to coaching. Yep. And Absolutely. That's why, that's why I like how you brought it back there. It's, it's full circle, guys. Yep. It's not, we're ain't out for blood. We're just speaking common sense. And I know yep. that is in short supply this year in 2020. <sighs> not is. a lot of that going around. But Michigan fans, it might be time to look somewhere else. Just saying. Just, yeah. just a thought. But it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out because we've mentioned them before the doormat of the Big Ten this year, which is not Rutgers, which is not Maryland, nope. which is not Northwestern. It's Nebraska. Um, Nebraska, Penn State, and Michigan, you could consider, for the most part, blue bloods or at least blue blood status. at least Michigan has a win. (laughs) At least Michigan has a – excuse me, Wolverines, I apologize. Um, Yeah, I don't know why you're lumping them down there with the bottom barrel teams. Well, because – well, they deserve to be at the bottom of the barrel. (laughs) That right now they need a reality check. They need to be humbled. Uh, You're Michigan. This is embarrassing. Michigan, a lot of the – Michigan fans that are listening, I want you to know that a lot of this is just – Longhorn fandom projection onto your football program. This is this is a lot of Tyler's, um, you know, just anger towards Texas and what they've been doing this season and being able to see the similarities between the two programs. So a lot of this is is Texas fandom projection. Just keep that in mind when listening to Tyler bash down on your Wolverines. Not I mean, that all of it isn't accurate all of the time, but just keep that in mind. Well, well, a few questions. First off, how dare you? Um, <laughs> you are projecting. You're projecting no. all your anger on Michigan. I absolutely am because I've seen this before. I'm like a, yes. beat, I'm, a I'm like a beaten dog, and I know you're like what your flag. You're like what that flag behind you looks like. That's that summarizes Michigan right there. That really does, and it's 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 true. I look at because you can look at a four and two Texas, and you say, hey, that's yep. a winning record, and I say that's not a winning team though, and I know. Okay, you just got to trust me, but nobody listens. Yep. Uh, who am I? I'm a guy in a shack. It doesn't matter. With a haircut now, in case With- anyone didn't notice or did. 
I wanted to, you know, walk a little taller, you know, because I'm not tall and I wanted to feel a little bit better about myself and get rid of my my crazy man locks and look a little bit more respectable. So, you know, for the back half of the season as we're rolling. Hey, maybe I apply to the Michigan job. I can tell you what we're going to do. You know? <laughs> <laughs> we're going to run the football um, or figure out how. But um, Big Ten, I mean, it's, it's crazy to look at it right now. Like you have Ohio State, Indiana, Northwestern right. at the top. Yep. Um, but the thing to look at right there is that the biggest biggest thing to look at, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, and you mentioned it, wish, uh, Wisconsin coming back into the fold, haven't yep. played in a couple weeks. They cannot miss another game. Right. That's no, the, like that's the they, lay, they literally, like we're not saying that figuratively. They actually can't miss another game in order to be considered for a potential uh, championship game. They will be disqualified if another yes. one gets canceled. You have to play at least a minimum Bottom of six, line. right, to get a chance to even play in the conference title. So yep. it's crazy to think that you could have like the best team in Wisconsin that doesn't get to play in a Purdue or Northwestern will actually be the ones that would be making it in to yep. the Big Ten championship game. That's a lot. Uh, that's a lot of I don't know is going on, which is kind of exactly what's going on in the SEC right now. Um, yep. There was two major—I mean, two major storylines this week, and both very different ones. One, Florida, Georgia, uh, yep. new king in the East right now, and then the SEC West pretty much um, as a whole will not be playing football this weekend because of they will not. outbreaks of COVID at Auburn, Alabama, LSU, uh, and Texas, Texas A&M, along with Sam Pittman, head coach of Arkansas, unfortunately yep. coming down with COVID as well, which you worry about. Not trying to call out the guy physically, but he is an older guy. He is a heftier guy. He is definitely in the at-risk area uh, for COVID, so you hope that coach gets better. But, Haley, when yeah. you look at this as the SEC um, expert on this show, uh, what are your thoughts on Florida, Georgia, and then we'll get into the whole mess of the West. I am pleased with the results of Florida, Georgia, um, especially being an Aggie, as many of our listeners know. I think that was the best-case scenario and the fact that ultimately it just – it makes A&M strength of schedule look so much better. The fact that Florida will likely win the SEC East, um, the fact that A&M beat them uh, looks great for their resume. But on the flip side, I think this game, if anything, told us more about Georgia than it did about Florida. I still do not think that Florida is this powerhouse program. We saw their defense get exposed week in and week out in the previous weeks. It's like this week, everyone just kind of forgot that Florida had had COVID issues as well. And they didn't play for a couple weeks. And then they come out this week and it's just like, oh shit, Florida's really good at football. And it was like, <laughs> no, actually Georgia's just really bad, especially on the offensive side of the ball. That's what it comes down to because that Georgia defense, I know everybody's going to look at the score and be like, what happened to the dogs? It, it, right. That is on the offense. I mean, Florida does have a, a pro prolific offense, of course, with right. Kyle's, Kyle Trask, which, by the way, I think he has cemented himself in the Absolutely. trip to New York. Uh, uh, trip to New York. I don't know if he's going to win, but I think he's, what, four-plus touchdowns in five yep. consecutive games. Yeah. Uh, he's breaking Florida records, SEC records. He's unbelievable. But like you mentioned, Haley, the biggest thing we've had an issue with with Georgia is not their defense, which is awesome. It's that quarterback position for the dogs. I was a fool earlier this year to believe in the mailman <laughs> like the rest of you. But, Haley, they threw the ball. I did never believe in him, for the record. You, for not the, record, the rest of you. Do not lump me into that. <laughs> no, I give you credit. You absolutely called that one. And, it, and that was my biggest concern at the beginning of the year. I remember being yeah. down on Georgia because I was like, you have to tell me who is that quarterback. 
right? Can that be a guy that can go for tip for tap? Because when you get into a game like this, that broke all cocktail records for most points scored uh, in the first quarter, they were 21 right. apiece. You're like, oh my God, this is going to be a boat race. Right. No. Uh, Georgia completed nine passes out of 29 between Bennett and Mathis. That is right. But see, uh, but like, but the crazy thing is, like, yes, they have bad quarterback play, but they don't have anyone to throw the ball to. No. And they definitely don't have anyone to run the ball. So they're literally, I mean, I'm watching this game just kind of waiting for a name to shine or break through or do something. And there's just no one. Like, their offense does not have an identity. They, I, I can't put it any other way other than they can't throw the ball because they have such a limited skill set in their quarterback and then they also can't run the ball so there's nothing established for Georgia they've snuck through games and gotten wins this season purely because of their defense but the second they played a high octane offense in Florida they just crumbled and and that's what ultimately my biggest takeaway is is we learned more about how bad Georgia is than we actually saw of what Florida can be it's unfortunate, you know, you wish they had a quarterback that was dynamic, that could move the ball downfield. Hmm. You don't think they have one on their feet. roster? No, uh, no. What was that guy? Who was that guy that was, oh yeah, Justin Fields. Hmm. Well, what could have been? Uh, Georgia fans yep. probably. I, if you live in Georgia, I'm sh- and if you're a Falcons fan and Dogs fan, I don't even know what your life is, man. Um, and I mean, but the interesting thing is like, we still haven't heard or seen anything about JT Daniels. JT Daniels, I was going to say, what, I don't know. What is the issue there? What is the holdup? Because uh, look, I know that he's not like a world beater, but he right. was really good at USC. Like he can move the ball. He, he can throw can the, ball. the ball. He can see above, over his offensive line. Like, um, I don't know if anybody <laughs> caught this, if they were actually watching the game. I'm not sure if you caught this, Haley, but uh, when uh, Mathis was warming up on the sideline, he's warming yep. up. And he hit one of the trainers in the head with a missed pass. That's your quarterback that you yeah. put in Georgia. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I question it as and, well. And, like, I'd like to I mean, know about JT. Right. And they've said he is available. He's so, good to go. So put him in. Why would you not put yeah. him in that game? You know I mean, vertically the, that guy can throw it. The only thing that can remotely make sense to me is, and, and I don't understand how, but is him just not knowing the playbook. That's the only thing I can think of is that he's struggling with the plays and being able to comprehend their offense, which sounds <laughs> awful. And like, I'm reaching so hard, but that is honestly the only thing that I can think of is he, if he is healthy and good to go, why is he not playing? I know that's everyone's answer. There's no reason yeah. to keep playing the mailman. If you have someone who has succeeded well at a division one program on your roster and you're not using him, it has to just come down to potentially him just not knowing the offense. It's actually the only thing that I can logically put together to even give an excuse for it. It's, I mean, but that is such a stretch because it's got, it's got to be still his knee or something else because that offense is a coloring book as far as difficulty. They don't do anything. It's called Bennett hey. hand off the ball or, hey, get play action. Maybe hey, you never, you never know. Maybe, maybe Kirby's just really freaky with it and got some janky play calls that just really mess with your mind. You know, that's why you need a guy like with the name like Stetson Bennett to be able to be at the helm there. I mean, clearly because Mathis was throwing amazing interceptions. <laughs> uh, my God, those were just – they were awful. Florida's defense is not that good. But no. that offense is unbelievable. And Kyle Pitts is turning into this guy that – I don't know if he's up for the Mackey or the Blitnikoff. Right. What like, are, are you, you like, what, you're what are you? the actual truest definition 
of a hybrid receiver. You know, people in the NFL like to talk about how DK Metcalf is, you know, Calvin Johnson 2.0 or Chase Claypool up at the Steelers. But Kyle Pitts is also in that same category of up and coming receivers that are large bodied, fast men. However, the thing that does make me nervous is Kyle Pitts never came back into the game after getting hit uncalled for targeting penalty that was Um, that was a vicious vicious hit both guys go down uh the the georgia uh corner defender yeah yeah that was tough lost his helmet and he's the one who forced the the hit that was uh (laughs) but also i kind of look back to it like sometimes i wish like in plays like that that they would flag the quarterback as well because for putting the wide receiver in the situation Kyle Trask, what the hell are you doing? You knew he was going to get murdered, like 1990s football. Like, this is – what are you doing, man? You can't leave him out to dry – Kyle Pitts is just a badass, fearless, goes across the middle to go make that play, but still – um, there were some really bad injuries to that uh, Georgia wide receiver yes. on that touchdown. I didn't – I'm thankful that I did not see that. That I was rough. Tuned, that was a – Yeah, I tuned into the game shortly after, so I'm thankful that I missed that. But obviously prayers up to him and hopefully a full recovery there. Yeah, that, that one looked pretty rough. It, it was Dak Prescott-esque, uh, unfortunately. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, you hope Kyle Pitts is back if you're a Gators fan. And if you're a Gators right. fan, you're like, damn, that felt good. Finally took down Georgia after, what, four years. Right. And now you look at the rest of the schedule. I mean, they have most of the East left, but it's it's Kentucky, it's Tennessee, it's Vandy. They do have LSU, that postponed game from October yep. at the very end of the season. But, hell, we yeah. ain't worried about that. Yeah. Um, nobody is. Um, so you look at Florida's path to the SEC being pretty clear and it will be Bama, Florida. And I wonder, Haley, for you looking at the game and knowing what happened, Notre Dame, Clemson, and we kind of talked about the ACC getting it in. How do your Aggies on the other side, who had a very nice win this past Saturday, they're fi- they, they, the team that is finally putting it together. And, and right. my, my boy, Buddy Johnson, loving this kid. <laughs> he plays football. The, I love the way he plays football. I, yeah. like, this, I like this Aggie, him and Kellamond are two Aggies that I enjoy. Uh, and those but, are those are the heart and soul of this team. They're the they're two great. biggest leaders, you know. Um, shout out to AM's O line, who I feel I can say this this week without jinxing them since their game has already been postponed, has not given up a sack since the second quarter of the first game of this season, which was against Vandy. So yes, that's Alabama, yes, that's Florida. Yes, all of their opponents, Arkansas, they have not given up a sack. They are back-to-back weeks of SEC Offensive Line of the Week. Um, So shout out to all of those guys doing their thing there. But given the situation with Florida, a two-loss Florida team is not going to jump a one-loss A&M team, even given that extra game because A&M has beaten them head-to-head. So this was the best possible outcome for the Aggies because Florida's not beating Alabama. I'm sorry, they are not. I I can eat my words because at the beginning of the year, I was down on Alabama, but Mac Jones is booking his ticket to New York as well. That team is firing on all types of cylinders. Florida's not going to beat them. They'll be lucky to be competitive with them. So you're looking at a two-loss team that has both have both AM and Florida will have a loss to Alabama at that, and then Florida will have a loss to Texas AM. So, all in all, it was just better for AM. I, w- I would agree, and it comes down to stuff that the Aggies can't control. Obviously, you can't right. control because you can't go to the SEC championship through Bama, but yep. 
Will Ohio State get knocked down? Uh, is there something else that we don't see yet that there's going to be allowing that fourth spot to be open? Yeah. And when you start to look at that fourth spot, I don't think a lot of people saw Clemson being there, but obviously right. they'd be the leader in the clubhouse getting it. But looking at that national picture and the two teams we like to talk about, Cincinnati and BYU, um, they're right in there with A&M. And as a pecking order, you'd imagine it's Clemson, A&M, Cincy, who they actually, yep. S&P loves a little bit more than BYU. BYU, yeah. Their strength of schedule. The Aggies got, got a shot. We've been talking about it. You just got to hang. You got to hang see, but then, around. But then the interesting thing also is how SE teams finish up their season looking at an Auburn team that – still is trying to figure their ish out, right? Looking at some of these teams, Ole Miss, how they finish their season can help bolster A&M's strength of schedule. And not even just that, but Tyler, you have a one-loss Clemson, a one-loss Texas A&M. A&M had to play Bama. Clemson's loss came to Notre Dame. The, you know, and the, and the weight of the juggernaut of those two teams, obviously Alabama – takes priority there so when you're looking at that I mean you're kind of at that point splitting hairs you are going to split hairs so what is the committee going to do uh you know they're going to put motherfucking Trevor Lawrence motherfucking Trevor Lawrence in the play I mean come on because I think that's the issue if Notre Dame had full strength Clemson then your Aggies and or somebody else outside looking in they're like hell we got a shot but the way that game went the fact that Trevor wasn't in it um, if they come back and they look like old Clemson, you know how this script is going uh-huh. to go. Exactly. Um, I can just be optimist, optimistic right now in this moment. Well, we've seen crazier things this year. And when we look around the country, you're not rooting for COVID to change your destiny. No. But unfortunately, that's going to be the case. And when we look at the SEC West right now, yeah. it's just kind of out of control and it's gotten to a scary level. Obviously, it's getting yeah. to scary levels all over the country. You know, when we talk about the Pac-12 in a minute, you know, Utah is actually in a state of emergency right now with the number of cases going on. Right. Um, so with looking at the SEC West, nobody's playing this weekend, which is Nobody. not, it, not I mean, good. The SEC West, or the SEC in general, has five games slated for this weekend. Mm-hmm. Three out of the five are not playing. Yeah, Only so one of them's worth watching, which is Arkansas, Florida. Uh, so so we're, we're not getting Bama, LSU. Uh, nope. A&M was sl- slated to play Tennessee. Uh, Auburn uh, taking Mississippi on State. Mississippi State. Um, that, that's a big deal. And, and how do these yeah. teams come back? Um, yeah. we, we've seen teams come back slow. Uh, it, it's tough to get back into the swing of things, especially – if you're an A&M, you're firing in all cylinders. You know, you talked yeah. about that offensive line. What was the biggest question this year coming in for that Aggie yeah. team? Can you block for Kellen? Right. If you do, good things happen. Uh, you yeah. want to keep that mo going on. Yeah. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. You hope none of these guys are affected uh, yeah. too much or the cases slow down. But, Haley, there is something that you've been talking about all year. And it's not like a I told you so, but it is an I told you so. Because this is something that none of the conferences addressed, none of the coaches yeah. addressed, none of the schools. And what would that be? The extracurriculars that come with college football athletes. People, we're sitting two weeks out from Halloween where there was endless Halloween parties, maskless Halloween parties at that. And we're seeing the effects take the toll on the college football landscape and the rest of the country. I mean, that's what it is. And I think the biggest thing that we have to focus on and that I've been bringing up looking here on out is as the college football season dwindles, are the teams that have nothing to play for sticking it out, still doing COVID 
practices the right way to make sure that the college football season can even continue because a lot of these teams are going to start to be more tempted when there's nothing else to play for. So what's stopping them from going to that Christmas party, from going to that frat party, from going out with their friends, from going and having a drink? There's not going to be anything stopping them because they will have no more motivation on the football field. And ultimately, that will end up hurting teams at the top because they will start losing games and ultimately strength of schedule then will be weakened because of it. Losing games in terms of being postponed, being canceled. Yes. Yes. And, and when we're talking about teams, we're not talking about, you know, if we took Alabama, we're not talking about Matt Jones. We're not talking about Najee Harris. We know that those guys, the guys that are starting, the head coaches, they're, they're yeah. trying to take it seriously. But what about walk-ons, scout team guys, guys that aren't playing? Yeah. What happened down in A&M? Um, I don't know specifically the player, but with AM's situation, and this is a great testament towards the difference in a situation that has happened to AM so quickly versus a situation like what we saw with Trevor Lawrence, where Trevor lived alone and he did not contact COVID in the football facility around his teammates. He got it outside of football. With the AM situation, before AM left to go um, to South Carolina this weekend, um, a DB tested positive. He stayed back in College Station, did not travel with the team. However, a player on Sunday following the game who traveled with the team there and back ended up testing positive. So, what ends up happening is you have all of this contact tracing you have to do. Who did he sit by with an, on the plane? Who was within six feet of him for longer than 15 minutes at any point? That could be someone standing next to him, unfortunately, too long on the sideline. That's his position group. That's his position group coach. Who then was the coach around? Like That's where this gets complicated because for AM, they have over a dozen places, players right now in isolation and COVID protocols simply because they were all on a plane with the one player who tested positive. And that's where things get sticky and where the complication um, ends up happening because a player has to then, after he tests positive, he has to have two consecutive negative tests before he is cleared. And that's the situation that you're looking at with A&M. Not necessarily do they have an outbreak, but it's because of the rules that are implemented to prevent an outbreak that that's why they're not having enough scholarship players to show up and play the game this Saturday. That's kind of the whole issue is this, is that teams like that as much care as everybody's taking at the top, all it right. takes is one. Yep. And like you said, that's what's happened. We saw the night after Wisconsin destroyed Illinois and Graham Mertz, greatest Wisconsin quarterback ever, all of them out. Yep. They didn't take care of their business off the field. And yep. that's the yep. issue with this entire yep. thing is like, who is going to, right. um, and it's, you don't want to like chastise these people for doing it because could you imagine being a Kellen Mond on AM being like, guys, are you fucking kidding me? Like who the who the who the hell went out? Like God, we we have a huge season to play. And that's that's on so many other teams, but it's not on right. teams for, for LSU. They ain't going down to Mississippi State. They ain't right. happening old miss. Well, and I and I think, you know, we have said from the beginning that a lot that comes to play here is the culture of a program, is the leadership of a program and players willing to ultimately sacrifice a little bit of their time and their extracurricular activities for the greater good of what the team can accomplish and in programs being able to be team first over me first those are the teams that will finish out this season strong and avoid any issues 
It seems to be the case for the most part right now, um, except, you know, we just can't get this controlled all over the country and yeah. it, it's, you're slipping up here and there and it's going to happen. Uh, so yeah. we got to see, mean, yeah. I mean, and like you said, it's happening all over the country, even to the point that, you know, we're talking so heavily on, excuse me, the impact that it had and is having on the SEC, but Pac-12, this was their debut weekend. This was their weekend to, you know, make an impact, come out shining, and we're finally here. We're playing football. And they had to drop two games of their opening weekend. They only had four slated. We didn't get to see Arizona, Utah, Washington, or Cal play this weekend because all their games were canceled. A reminder, Pac-12 is in the same boat as the Big Ten, that their games get canceled, not postponed, not made up later, straight up canceled, not getting those back. And it's really interesting. Um, shout out to Reddit College Football. They tweeted out this really interesting nugget that the college football seasons by the Pac-12 and the Big Ten were canceled on August 11th. At that time, the seven-day COVID average per cases in the United States was roughly 53,000. We are currently doubling that daily. Between October 31st and November 8th, that 10-ish day span, the United States had a million cases over those eight days. So it's just wild to think and almost laughable to know everything that the Pac-12 and Big Ten has done and continues to go through when like the data is significantly as double what it was in August when they chose to not play. And now the Pac-12 was like, hey, we're here to join the party. Like it just... It actually doesn't make any sense. And it's and it's not like we're having schadenfreude with it, maybe a little bit, uh, but like it's, 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 this is what not just us, but everybody talked about in the middle right. of the summer is that there was this window that you could either do this thing and play and yeah. live with the consequences or you did not play. Because if you yeah. attempted to play as they have right now, it would not work. This wasn't trying to say we're right. This wasn't trying to say you're wrong. It was just kind of speaking more to facts not just what we were talking about, but the science community behind this thing. Right. Like this was going to get worse before it got better, folks. So the Big Ten, Pac-12, you yep. had that window to get in to do what you wanted to do, and it's not going to happen. Um, like it's, it, it's still, it still comes down, and I will say this till I'm blue in the face. It still comes down to these conferences just wanting to dust their hands of the football programs and say, "Hey, it wasn't our fault that you didn't succeed. We gave you football." Yeah, it's it's a that's money literally thing. what it yes that's literally <laughs> that's what thing. it comes down to. That's what it comes down to. And it's uh, it, it, you feel bad for these kids. I mean, they want to play and they want to get this thing done. Uh, I think conference leadership yeah. with the Pac-12 and Big Ten uh, has some real questions uh, question marks to answer after the season yeah. of why did you think this was going to be a good idea when everybody told you this was not and uh, you went your yeah. own path and you, you hope it works out. But I mean, how embarrassing. And yeah. how frustrating it has to be for players, coaches, families, for teams, yeah. you know, for Washington and the Arizonas to be like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, we, we put in all this work. We're back. We're not back. My kids are declaring for the draft. Okay, they're not because we're going to play again. Right. And this happens. Uh, obviously, you cannot control the outbreak, uh, but it's getting to serious levels. And it, it is a question mark of how yeah. – and it's crazy to think, like, Utah can't even play. And the state of Utah is going through so much. But BYU right. is just chugging. Yeah, I'm telling you, Graves, put that team in the playoffs. I I stayed up late to watch those Cougars play Boise State. They beat the hell out of them. God, they beat the hell Ooh, out of them. Boise State. 
look, such a they're... juggernaut. I'm so scared of Boise State. Look, BYU has done what nobody else has done thus far. They've played all of their games. They're they're eight and zero. Okay, they're the only. I think they're the only eight and zero team in the country. They're doing what they've been asked to do. That's all they can do, and they're exciting to watch. They have a big old tight end. He's fun. They got Mitt Romney's grandson or grandkid or grandson kid. I don't know. And then they got they got Max Wilson. He's great. Thanks. I mean, both BYU and Cincy are, to their respects, entertaining. Um, and for those of you that, you know, watched, even if you felt like it, the Pac-12 this weekend, um, ultimately, like, what you need to know, Pac-12 can't stop the run. Lots of lots of balls being thrown through the air. Uh, teams that can run the ball came out with victories. Um, overall, there really wasn't an exciting game. I mean, I guess kind of USC, Arizona State. But if you're a USC fan, you're more slightly disappointed than you are excited in that game because you're clearly the more talented team and you got out of that one by the hair of your chinny-chin-chin. So, I mean, take it, take the Pac-12 for just what it is, more football at this point. Oregon looked fine, but I don't know. That's kind of all I have to say about Pac-12. It was just, hey, there, welcome there, to the party. There's not a lot there, and your two bell cows, I mean, you mentioned it. Oregon had a pretty good performance over Stanford, but Stanford's been very down for a couple right. of years now. Um, USC, lucky to escape. Got a lot of answers on offense. I do need to yeah. apologize to Clay Helton, who I called Todd all last show. <laughs> I got called out for that. I knew when I was saying it last week, I was like, it doesn't sound right. But he shouldn't be coaching there anyway, so it doesn't matter. Todd, Todd Helton, uh, he was a uh, uh, infielder for the Rockies I yeah. way back in the day. Um, not Clay Helton, not the head coach of the USC Trojans, who had to squeak out a 28-27 to 27 victory over Arizona yeah. State. And like we talked about earlier, yeah, they were throwing around the ball. Uh, Keaton Slovis threw up, I think, 55 passes. That's not yeah. good. Again, I, I know that Graham Harold's there, I believe, as the uh, OC, former yep. Texas Tech quarterback, but that's – you got to show me something special. You can't right. show me anything special. The talent just isn't there in the Pac-12. Right. You are a complete non-factor. I don't care if Oregon goes 6-0. and I like Oregon. Mar Oregon's great. Uh, right. You're not deserving of a playoff spot. No, BYU is more simply, deserving. Cincy is yeah. more deserving. A&M is yeah. more deserving. Period. Yeah, simply because there's just no one else there. No, there's, there's, there's yeah. nothing there for us to gauge. And we're only going to get now for some of you, we might only get four or five games to have a resume for. Right. None of us have seen you play. You have no household names and you're like, right. Tyler, it's about the integrity of the football. And what do you mean? Well, it's also entertainment. And you ain't got yep. Justin Fields or Mac Jones or Kyle Trask or Trevor Lawrence. You just don't. Yep. Sorry. You don't. I mean, there are some fun names, you know, um, Dorian Thompson Robinson of UCLA. He picked up where he left off, but he needs help. Like he was the leading rusher and obviously did his thing at quarterback. He had five touchdowns in total for himself, you know, but UCLA is just, okay, whatever. So if you ever catch UCLA, he's exciting to watch, but that's about the extent of it. And, you know, aside from that, we saw a lot of surprisingly – had a consistent amount of wide receivers and running backs reach the 100-yard mark out of all the games. That was something that was interesting to me. But then, again, that just goes back that Pac-12 can't stop the run, nor can they super play defense because we actually had some high-scoring games in this one. But that's kind of been the trend of college football when teams come out to play and start their seasons. The defense takes a minute to catch on. It certainly does. And, you know, for USC, I need you to go back to being good. 
I need you to go hire Urban Meyer. You didn't, so I'm angry at you. Think you're silly. And you need to go back to not, but you need to be LA cool again. Like you're talking about Haley last week. They can't be cool. They need to go back to being that. Yeah. Um, and I mean, they, they have, they have pieces. They got to figure out their defense, but um, I mean, it's literally can't say it enough outside of Oregon, USC is it. And they didn't look hot. That's not yeah. a team that's like, yeah, oh, maybe they can make a playoff run. I don't care that you beat Arizona state. Right. I don't. There's right. nobody I mean, else that they, you can. They do, they do have talent, but their defense is very suspect. Yeah, Iowa State has talent, too. They ain't making it either. So does Oklahoma hey, State. Hey, Brees Hall, <laughs> Brees Hall, we don't talk about him enough. Shout out to that guy. Brees Hall's making himself some money this year. Good on that kid. Uh, you know, Big 12 is going to be fun if you're a right. fan of them. I'm not. I hate them, and that's where my team that I root for is in. Uh, Texas won. Congratulations for nothing. <laughs> Uh, for just prolonging the inevitable. Uh, I actually forgot they played this weekend. <laughs> oh my God, so did I. Like we had, a, we had too much going on. I'm watching Clemson, Notre Dame. Who's going to be our next leader or dictator? Uh, I'm waiting on Dave Chappelle to show up. Yep. Uh, which I don't know if you got to see. He absolutely crushed. It was <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah, the Big 12, for all of you Big 12 fans, they did play yeah. football. Um, teams oh yeah, won, we, we kind of haven't talked lost. about them. We haven't talked about them at all. That's how, like irrelevant the big 12 is to all of college football at this point let me put on a little here i'll give you some texas love because i always think this is fun <laughs> is that uh i'm always of the opinion um that you just should just play the best players right <laughs> right that's a, i know that's a like a novel idea um, right and you see it happen you know it's it's been a generational thing but younger and younger guys start at quarterback at running back every position right you plug yeah. in a freshman he just goes Schools like Texas haven't figured that out yet. So the whole season, they've been sitting on their number one running back in the country, Bijan Robinson. Yeah, uh, he's gotten a little bit of playing time in there, been banged up, whatnot. Finally, gets his full run. What does he do? Most rushing yards, Big Twelve newcomer of the week. Huh? As if who would have guessed it? The number one running back in the country was actually good. They were huh. saving him, saving him for the second half of the season. Saving him on the third spot on the depth chart behind a guy who was a quarterback who had to become a running back last year because of the lack of depth. And, and, who, guy, you like, and who you like to use your quarterback to be your leading rusher on your team. <clears throat> Good stuff, Texas. Glad you're finally figuring it out halfway through the season <laughs> that that kid can actually run the rock. Something you've been missing this yep. year. Oh, my God, Haley. <laughs> what does that come down to, I guess? Who makes the moves? Who makes the big calls at the top? Yep. Head coach, head coach, I guess. I don't know. Cool. Facts. Let's Let's give him another extension, though. I'd wait for that. He will. He will. You know, because I'm a Michigan fan this year, to be completely honest. I'm actually excited. You want that bottom of fallout, and you want to go get a new head coach. Well, it's kind of, I feel like, the same situation that the the Jets are in. You know, it's do you want your team to continue to suck and tank, or do you want to see what kind of talent you at least have on the roster or not? No, you're tanking. You're tanking for Trevor. You're, trank you're tanking for somebody. I don't know. You're t for Fields or Trevor, it doesn't matter. Yeah. My God. But if you're Michigan, you're tanking. And you might not even have to root for it because it's just going to happen. Because looking at the rest of the schedule, like you're going to struggle to get victories. Like clearly you can't get any to begin with, but you're going to struggle to get realistic ones. We'll um, see. And so there could be some big open jobs. Michigan could be open. I don't know if Texas is going to be open anymore. I don't know. They play Kansas this week. That's their kryptonite. There's only two people that have seen Texas get beat by, uh, by Kansas. Hitler? And me. <laughs> it's the only two peoples that got yeah. to see it happen in 1939. And then, oh, poor Chucky Strong, man. 
Ah, you know, poor, poor bastard. Hey, you lose to Kansas, though, you got to go. Um, any, anyways, this weekend, it's going to be kind of a pick em for, you know, what's going to be interesting. Not a lot of big games. As you mentioned, yeah. Haley, most of the SEC West is out. Uh, didn't have a lot of big games to, to begin with, but we do have right. trap games. Like, there could be some some pitfalls yeah. for some teams. There, Yeah, there absolutely could. Um, just on my end, if I had to give you a game to watch from the SEC out of the two that are happening, um, <laughs> <laughs> Arkansas, Arkansas, Florida is going to be your game. Um, you know, you have okay. Barry Odom. Barry Odom's going to be the head coach um, taking over for Sam Pittman this weekend. But, um, again, I'm not high on Florida. I'm just not. This Arkansas team is tricky. They're sneaky. They have such a good ground game. They started to put the pieces together through the air. Felipe Franks, it's a revenge game for him, playing his former team, who he lost the starting job to Kyle Trask. So you know he's going to come out fiery. I think that, speaking of trap games, this could be that for Florida. I like it. I mean, Arkansas has been that team this year that they're trying to break through. Like, they're right, right. there. Like, you can tell this is a well-coached team. Right. They're, they're, they're itching to get to that big win, and right. they could have it. This could be a big one uh, for Arkansas to take it uh, down Florida. That would make right. things very interesting. Yeah, they've, um, kind of, they've kind of been making a lot of things tremble, but they haven't completely shaken things up yet, and I think that they're waiting for that moment to really shake things up. I truthfully, thankfully – thought that it was going to happen against the Aggies it did not so looking at you Florida can't take the hogs lightly can't take those hogs lightly nobody can uh and best wishes to coach Sam Pittman I really hope that guy's been awesome this year yeah I like that guy I I really hope he's okay he's really good for the SEC so everybody loves him yeah. Like, isn't it great when you see a guy, you're like, that they love that guy they love their head coach like LSU LSU with Coach O Last I think year. that I think that honeymoon's over, Haley. <laughs> what do you think? Go, go Tigers! You know, it was one of those things. I don't want to talk shit about Coach O, but you could kind of see that that stick wasn't going to last forever. Like, I don't know. We will. We will still find out. We'll still find out. Their yeah, LSU is skeptical right now, but you know, you never can keep the Tigers down long. Like, you can have an Ed O on your team, but you can't have a Bo Pelini. They're too. <laughs> They're too fair. yelly. They're too fair. the same. I don't like fair. it. Fair, 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 fair. Bo Pelini, oh, my God. Do you remember when he was at Nebraska and he brought out the cat? Remember yes. The, oh, that was, that was great. I mean, I guess in a sense, to your point, that's why Dave Aranda and Coach O balanced each other out so well. That was great, yeah, because Dave just very monotone guy right. and – he ain't, he ain't Coach O. That ain't working in LSU. Sorry, Tigers. Uh, also, uh, uh, some games worth mentioning. We have Northwestern, who's undefeated, taking on Purdue, yeah. which is a pretty big game. We have yeah. Wisconsin is, uh, at Michigan that you mentioned. Notre Dame and Boston College. Boston College, a team that has almost taken it to North Carolina. You saw the right. trouble that they gave Clemson. And Notre Dame has not played consistent football this year. So that Facts. could be interesting for them. That Northwestern-Purdue game, give me your thoughts on that one, Graves. Uh, I mean, I think I really do think that Northwestern takes it, keeps it. Uh, the only thing worth noting is that the um, amazing slot receiver that Purdue has in Rondell Moore, uh, we talked about him at length when we did our preview show, telling you all, you all to go watch highlights of him <laughs> because he's so good and he's like an electrifying player that you make sure you want to know. And then he hasn't played yet. Um, so he's been out ever all both of their games. No one really knows why. Apparently it's some injury. He's kind of had that injury bug for a while now but 
with that being said, there seems to be buzz that he might make an appearance and play this week. That's really, really a big potential, but I'm seeing more tread in that direction of him playing against Northwestern than I have in the previous weeks. Oh, well, then you're wrong. You're flat. <laughs> if, he, if he plays, that's it. Put it in the books. That's a Purdue victory. Easy. Fair. Easy. Fair. I, I'm just, but see, but what's interesting is they're, other wideout David Bell who has been playing great in the past two weeks you know Pat Fitzgerald um Northwestern's head coach called him actually the best wide receiver in college football Pat so. doesn't know what he's talking about <laughs> Pat doesn't, he's, he's whatever he's got he's got that strength and conditioning coaches too intense yes good, good for him with that education of yours at Northwestern if Rondell Moore is playing Purdue's gonna win there we go Easy. Tyler's booking it booking Money it in the bag. That guy is freaking awesome. He's my yeah. favorite player. Um, nobody is my favorite player on Michigan. You guys are going to lose to Wisconsin, but Wisconsin, can they? I don't even know who's going to be playing. Is it going to be Danny right. Vanderboom at quarterback? Can Graham, I was going to say, can Graham Mertz even play again yet? I don't really, I mean. It's been 20, it, you have to stay out 21 days. Uh, so, it, no, this weekend still would be 21 days because they've missed two weeks. Um, Ohio State's going into their fourth week. So it has not been 21 days since week one yet. So that'll be interesting uh, yeah. to see if Wisconsin can do that. That is a must win for Harbaugh right there. Otherwise, you yeah. know that the, the boosters, the fan base, they're just going to be right. over it looking at the back half of that schedule. So if you're a Wolverine, like this is your shot to like yeah. salvage the season. And, and Harbaugh even mentioned it because he has to. So you don't want to pick on him too much. But he said, we're close to uh, turning the <laughs> shit around, which is – that bullshit coach speak that right. you know you hear when things are bad, you know, like when Tom Herman says winning is hard. Yeah. Oh God. Um, or, or when coaches go, when your team plays off and they say, this one's on me. No, on me. no. If anyone watched and you saw the pitiful play that was just on the field, it's not on you, but props to you for trying to take credit. Yeah. It's, a, it's all of all, all yeah. of us right here. It's uh, we all suck. Uh, so Michigan's got to get that one done. I think actually, I like Boston College possibly over Notre Dame. That was such a everything on the table, everything we got from Ian Book and Brian Kelly. Like, this was it. Like, that was, as you kind of talked about, that Notre Dame is never playing that well again. That was right. the that was ceiling of how good that team could be. Boston College is a team that's been pretty tricky. I could see them yeah. taking Notre Dame to the brink. Like, do, do you have it left in the tank to, like, continue out the rest of the year? It's going to be interesting to see. It absolutely is. The other game worth mentioning, kind of-ish, if you want to watch Pac-12 football, Oregon-Washington State could get spicy. Civil War, what's up? Yep. Man, I miss those days when Reggie Bush playing in Corvallis. It's, it's always like, you know, foggy everywhere, going down and playing in Fresno State. Those were fun times. It was like, it was like 20 years ago, though. It's crazy to think. They need to get better. It's but Pac-12 after dark has been excellent, or early in the morning if you enjoy that. 9 yeah, that kickoff. nine a.m. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> apparently, Fox had like outrageously good numbers for that game. So did they really? Yeah, because no one else is playing at that time. So apparently, they're like, "Hey, Pac-12, y'all should go to that time slot." But what athlete wants to play at nine a.m.? So what? Like, when do you do walkthroughs at like six? Like, so what time are you, you have up? To. At, like, I mean, you four? get. You get to the stadium 100% at least four games before – four hours before kick. So you're up early. You're up at like 3.34. Yeah. Oh, man, that's a – yeah. Maybe that's Awful. why they came out slow, USC. I'm not sure. Who knows? 
We'll find yeah. out more this weekend. They got U of A, so. That's right. Uh, your old boy, uh, Kevin Sumlin, hopefully yep. he's doing better from coronavirus, uh, who he, he had it earlier this year, and yep. um, we'll see what they can put together. But yeah, hoping the Pac-12 can actually just put together a season at this point with how bad yes. things are out West, and you hope that things start to turn around in Utah. Uh, prayers up to that state for everything that they're going on. Uh, I think if anything, right just here's to hope for the wear, rest of 2020. Wear your mask. Wear it. Please. Please wear your mask. Seriously. Or otherwise, my BYU Cougars aren't going to get into the playoffs, and I, I want to see them there. They ain't getting in. I just want to have it for a little bit. I don't think your Aggies you. are getting it. I, I think when it all comes down to it, I don't want to, like, spoil the, the fun for anybody, but it's probably going to be Bama and Notre Dame and Ohio State and Clemson. Likely. Likely, likely. likely. Hey, <laughs> we might get the at-large game of A&M and BYU. That would be fun. It ain't gonna that be tough. It, it could still be Texas too. Texas could still win the Big okay. Twelve. Let's okay. We need to wrap the show now. Tyler's getting delusional. That's um, not delusional. It can. Ha- that's who kidding. they would play because yes. Bama goes and A and M would get the New Year's Six Bowl. Uh, well, or Florida. Okay. I would, but See, no, no. But you get to choose. That's always the biggest misconception yeah. with bowls is that it's not ranking. It's right. just when they when you see the numbers, folks, with like, you know, SEC two or three, that's just the choice. It's like a draft. You don't right. have to be the second ranked team. So the Sugar Bowl, if they had the opportunity to have Texas and uh, well, Sugar Texas Bowl, A&M, it would be it would be Cotton Bowl this year. Sugar Bowl is a college football playoff game this year. Oh, it is this year. Yeah. So it well, it would be Cotton Bowl, which would be in Dallas, which would, still, which would be insane. Which would still be with awesome, no fans. Yeah. So again, gonna just reiterate how we don't need that this year because that'd be such a disappointment if fans couldn't go to that game. We would be at each other's throats. That would not be a fun situation right there. That would be – that. that's testy right there. It needs hey, to happen, though. Texas has to get past Kansas first. So, with that, I get, to have, <laughs> I get to have a relaxing weekend. It's just like A&M is on a bye again. You know, I'm not really sad to – I mean, they were playing Tennessee. There's no love lost there. So, going to enjoy this one. It's probably the last – stress-free weekend of college football that I'll get. And then here on out, it's just bang, bang, bang. That's right. Where you're getting closer and closer. We're just weeks away from the first right. football playoff rankings being revealed. So we have that yep. coming up. There's so much more left to be played for. Um, yes. And I'm excited to get to all of it. So I think that'll be another episode in the books. We hope everybody is yep. doing well, staying safe. And um, yeah, we look forward to more college football talk next week. Absolutely. And as always, I am a Twitter machine on Saturdays. So you can always reach out to me on Twitter, Haley1Graves2, or on Instagram. I'm available there. Haley Graves is two S's, H A L E Y G R A V E S S. And I'm on Twitter, but I'm, I'm not right now. My God, uh, not a great time to be on it. I have been trying to avoid it. Every time I look at it, I want to throw my phone off cliff. So, uh, but eventually one day I'll come back to it and there we go. <laughs> speak to the people. Instagram is is more chill right now. That seems to be a chiller spot. Facebook is definitely the darkest place. Oh, um, I don't even have but, Facebook. Oh, there I'm you at, go. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that. It's bad. It's a bad place. Hard, hard pass. Um, like watching Texas football. All right. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, we will. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.